for me, the, the point isn't isolated to the vineyard. I mean, we're also, I'm talking about Chicago, New York specifically. They scoop up unhoused, put them on a bus and drop them off two counties away and be like, good luck. All right. Same dick move. There was just no plane involved. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Bituation Room. Hi, 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 hi. So good to have you here with me uh, live in the future. Um, do we make it? Does the earthquake strike LA? Because I feel like it's working its way up. There's like all these. Anyway, that's just me being weird and pregnant and like uh thinking everything's out to get me anyway um hi uh i'm your host francesca fiorentini my god we have a great show today uh comedian roy wood jr is here and we are going to talk about um you know just the republican migrant stunts is it working are we wooed do we finally think that there's an immigration crisis in this country i don't know 11 million undocumented people who've been just like lingering and languishing, languishing in the immigration system. But now this, this is really opened my eyes. Um, also, I get the Fox News treatment. That's going to be fun. And we're going to look at midterms. Um, and Tom Bonier is, of Target Smart is going to be joining us. He's going to explain what he's seeing in terms of trends, turnout, registration, young people, People with uteruses, people without uteruses. What's going on? Um, and uh, I am excited for his predictions, as well as we're bringing back the cringies. Yes, it's been quite a week for um, cringe clips. It's pretty endless. Just another day in this country. So uh, I'm going to get Roy on to assess who deserves the cringy for this week. And then of course, a bonus episode. Um, we are gonna be talking about the new law going into effect in Illinois come 2023, which is essentially a police and prison reform law. But of course the right is freaking out and they're calling it a purge law, um, which I feel like is more them telling all their followers to go grab guns and like kill people in Illinois than it is anything else because it's certainly not based in reality so i want to break that down um if we're lucky roy will stay if not you know what i'm saying i'm just happy to have him here excited to have you all here if you wouldn't mind liking and sharing the stream right now if you wouldn't mind subscribing if you wouldn't mind giving the show five stars on itunes and of course if you want that bonus content patreon.com situation room <laughs> You get access to not just this bonus episode, but a backlog of episodes. Plus, actually, the first little like hints of life from me um, during my maternity leave. I'm going to be doing the the rundown every week, um, like the the sort of weekly news rundown. So that'll be fun, and you will be supporting me and my family. You'll, that's exactly what you'll be doing. So become a patron. Thank you so much uh, in advance for your support. Patreon.com 
slash bituation room. Um, and with that, guys, tuck in, hold tight, um, pet your adorable dog or cat, and let's get into this week. This is What Are You Bitching About? Okay, so on uh, recently, I'm like, I don't know when you're watching this or listening to this, but recently I was on MSNBC on Eamon Mohadeen's weekend show, uh, like 9 p.m. on a Sunday, which I know very well. Uh, nobody watches that time slot. Very few people are watching. That's when my MSNBC special aired um, in the dead of winter, right between Christmas and New Year's, you know, when no one wants to watch the news. Anyway, but so I was on and uh, it was fun. Um, and today I got an alert on my name. Cause yes, I am that narcissist. Don't we all usually it's random TYT stuff. Um, maybe a comedy show, <laughs> but this time it was Fox news who had picked up something I had said on the MSNBC show and then made a whole article about it. And I will ask you all um, to tell me what is going on here, because I don't quite understand why Fox is picking up on what I said and picking up on me specifically, because it doesn't appear like they're dunking on me. It doesn't appear like they're using me to hit the left or to hit Democrats, because I said, you know, here you'll hear what I said about both Democrats and Republicans. It kind of feels like they're just like, they just like me. I think they're just boosting me. I think I got a friend on the inside over at the old, you know, Murdoch tool shed over there. I don't know. Um, but here was the headline. They go, MSNBC guest says, quote, only two options for immigration, letting them, letting people into this country or letting them die. Which people have pointed out to me, uh, Fox News uh, viewers are like, let them die. Let them die. And then it says comedian Francesca Fiorentini, which thanks, uh, suggesting that cruelty on the border has been a, quote, bipartisan consensus. And then they just link to the video and they throw some music over it to avoid copyright. So here is some of what I said. You tell me uh, why, why they're uplifting my words when I'm clearly calling them out as well. And make us a pretty good voice. But the reality is, is that cruelty on the border has been a bipartisan consensus Sadly, and Democrats have been dragged to the right by Republicans, further militarizing the border, giving CBP even more money. This is one of the largest federal agency that is insanely militarized, right? Has crazy jurisdiction. And so I'm looking for vision from Democrats on actually not just humanizing migrants, which is just the lowest bar, right? But truly, how can we be better than the narco gangs? that these folks are running from. These are allegedly people on, you know, who have been, in quotes, suffering under socialism in Venezuela. Um, so who knows, right? I, yeah. I'm not sure. I also think it's important um, to bring up the fact in terms of skin color and, and the fact that only a few months ago, you had Haitian migrants being chased on horseback. And, and yet Ukrainian migrants, yeah. refugees, have been welcomed into this country, which they should be. And the, and the answer is this. It's either death or accepting folks into this country. There's only two options here. And I'm gonna go with letting people into this country instead of letting them die. Always. Uh
<laughs> then they have the that music that you know like airlines play when you're deplaning you know like don't shh, shh, don't don't go go shh, shh. it's always that and you're like why hasn't this changed um so that was me and that was fox news lifting what i had to say up i'm pretty sure i threw republicans under the bus as well um but i stand by what i said i don't feel like they lifted me up for some weird reason. I didn't say Pelosi a single time. I don't even think I said Joe Biden. Um, so thank you. Maybe some people will stumble upon it and agree. But again, it might be a lot of, yes, yes, they deserve to die. You know, that kind of thing. Except not that quote. Um, anyway, Fox News, um, aim better. I almost went on Fox and Friends a few years ago, but I was working at AJ Plus and they didn't really want me to go on. It was a shame. I was planning on giving myself a so-called abortion, like just like down abortion pills live on air. And I think that would have been fun. But um, yeah, I guess shout out to Fox, dude. Thanks for helping me prove my point and amplify it. Anyway, with that, um, <laughs> very excited to bring in for the rest of the show. Please welcome comedian Roy Wood Jr. You, you have type of set design where I trust your views on politics and or crypto. <laughs> so you. it's good. It's a multifaceted. Thank you. Do not invest. Get out now. <laughs> Just ask Seth Green. Um, <laughs> Roy, we start off this show on just such a bright note, which is what are you bitching about today? It's a random Tuesday. Um, What's 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 going on in your world? What are you bitching about? I, I, it's nothing really political, but it's just I, I'm more of a customer service griper okay. more than anything. So you're a Karen? No, no, I don't gripe to the management, the customers. I I pretend I'm having fun and then I go home to my camera and then I complain <laughs> there. Um, what happened? I don't know when Foot Locker turned into the club but i don't like it or maybe i'm 43. i my child i have a six-year-old i went to buy him shoes attempted to go and buy him shoes and i'm gonna just say it the music was too loud <laughs> the music was too loud like when did the like you go in a sneaker store now and it's like i do i want to do drugs i feel like i should do drugs right now i'm like i'm just here for kids shoes there's just people making out in the corner there there should be like someone spills a drink on you by accident just if you're gonna have music that loud in a retail experience we should move to silent djs and put headphones by the door there you go. And as you walk in, decide whether or not you want to hear music or not. Listen, I'm I'm not anti-DJ. I know DJs need jobs, so I know getting hired to DJ a footlocker on a Saturday afternoon is sweet cash. But I'm there was an actual DJ. <laughs> this time it was. Usually it's just some streaming Spotify type stuff. But this on this particular day, there was a DJ. Now, let me ask you, did your six-year-old clock that? Or did he just incorporate it into like his world? Like, was he no. like, you know, in, in his world, music, this is normal. This, I, he has nothing. He doesn't have the whole nineties to compare this to like to him. <laughs> this is normal. Getting off the airplane. Music is normal. That's another one. I don't need that. If anything, you should be playing that, that peaceful spa music while people get on the plane. So they stop punching each other in the face mid flight. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's true. Your your our children will will never know quiet. <laughs> never, they'll, they'll they'll never know. When I was young, young there was silence occasionally. Um, <laughs> I agree. You know, that's a whole strategy to basically apparently get you to just like in a fervor buy more or like make a quick decision and get the hell out. Well, you know, some comedy clubs would do that. I learned that trick early on when I started doing stand up. Um, on a first show, two show night, uh-huh. when the show ends, you crank the music excruciatingly loud, right, 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 and it helps and it clears the showroom. Right. It just people get the fuck out a lot. I don't it's know if I can. Equivalent of putting like pigeon, like the little spikes outside of. I guess they do that to also prevent unhoused people from sleeping. But yeah, it's and it's the oh, worst yeah. music too. Shout out to LAX redesigning their Delta baggage terminal with all angled spots underneath windows to make it uncomfortable for anyone to ever think about lying down. <laughs> Which you were. Yeah, well, I tried to, but it was like some weird origami ass angle and like it <laughs> didn't work out for me. They're like, no, you're going to wait for your bags and you're going to enjoy it on your yeah. feet. Um, yeah. Well, that's a good one. I totally fucking agree. I mean, I uh, I think it's beautiful to be able to actually shop in person after so long. But uh, no, I don't need any yeah, music. I still I still want my boy to know the retail experience. So if we need something, we go out to. Of course, there's some stuff we order, but you know, if we can, if it's in a store, let's go and buy it. Yeah. I'm not gonna order crayons from Amazon. Go to Office Depot. <laughs> And you're going to get the experience of looking at all the different packs and the tactile, like that to me, that matters. Yeah. You know, those are the memories I'm creating with my child. Especially since Toys R Us. Bye. Long time. Yeah. The best he gets, and especially in the heart of New York, the best your kid can hope for in terms of just lusting over toys is that one half-assed aisle at CVS that's (laughs) next to all the beachwear. You know, that one aisle, it's, it's kind of a toy aisle and then there's swimming trunks and then a power drill. It's like, what, <laughs> what the fuck is this aisle? It's and then all like, the shit that they sell on like Sky Mall that, or like as seen on TV or yes, whatever. And you're like, yes, why is that? The motorized tie rack with a sandwich warmer. Or <laughs> all right, Roy, that's a good thing to mm-hmm. bitch about. Peace and goddamn quiet. Totally doesn't aid you at all. Um, let's get this into... Let's get into what happened this week. I'm going to read just some things I picked out. Um, Queen Elizabeth, uh, her body, was laid to rest at St. George's Chapel, and her corgis and horse were trotted out to watch the royal funeral procession, making it quite literally a dog and pony show. Uh, Puerto Rico has been left without power as Hurricane uh, Fiona bears down in the Caribbean. Thank God they didn't pick Francesca because, you know, they had an F choice. (laughs) I just thank you. Um, at this point, honestly, though, if we truly want to help Puerto Rico beyond decolonizing reparations, we should power their grid with whatever is powering Dick Cheney's heart. That shit is like a Roomba for war criminals. Won't give up. It's unstoppable. No quitting um, it. Just throw him over on the island. Um, the Justice Department is asking the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals to let it continue to review documents seized from Mar-a-Lago after Trump, a Trump-appointed judge ordered them to stop investigating Trump under a special until a special master could review them, right? So back and forth. The problem yeah. is that that appeals court 
also has six Trump appointed judge judges on it. We're basically in this like legal funhouse of Trump judges and none of them have ever tried a case in court and all of them have been to Epstein's pedo island. Uh, at an, uh, oh, uh, mm. the, the that's where you have to like you just have to like sit sit back for a second and like wonder was Trump as dumb as we thought he was or did he brilliantly also cover his tracks to make sure that even after you find out what he's been what he was doing or is currently still doing that you can't even prosecute him for it because all my boys in there and they the ones sitting on the bench and it's a lifetime appointment, you bitch, and they healthy. <laughs> yeah. They ain't finna die no time so Totally. Like, I do not yeah. doubt there's like a 17-year-old on that bench. Like, they're, they are young. Yeah. They are radicalized. No, it, it definitely makes me think, like, did he create this, like, Rube Goldberg machine on his way out of the White House? You know, and the mouse is eating the cheese and the the, you know, the balloon is popping. The whole thing is working out. Bowling ball rolls down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, Pee Wee gets his breakfast or whatever. That That's all I know yeah. about that. Um, at an Ohio rally, while a QAnon anthem played under his speech, Trump supporters raised one finger into the air, um, either in an homage to Freddie Mercury or the QAnon slogan where we go one, we go all. Supporters say, no, it's neither of those things. They were just doing a Zig Heil. Uh, former NFL, oh. <laughs> former oh, NFL star Brett Favre funneled $5 million from Mississippi's welfare fund into in building a new volleyball stadium for his daughter at the University of Southern Mississippi, proving once again, white people are the primary beneficiaries of welfare. <laughs> um, Matt Gates apparently did seek a pardon from outgoing President Trump for paying uh, a 17-year-old uh, and crossing state lines with her for sex, which is a total relief for those of us who thought that teens were sleeping with him for free. And Adnan Syed is free himself. After 23 years behind bars, a white lady with a podcast freed a wrongfully convicted man of color, which means if you're a white woman with an NPR tote bag who posted a black square on Instagram during the 2020 George Floyd uprisings, you have also been absolved. This is it. You did it. You fucking did it. You subscribed and shared, and it helped. <laughs> we'll say not a word. Yeah. Uh, and finally, Joe Biden says the pandemic is over, and he's taking a lot of heat for it. But look, we all know midterms are coming, and so is winter. So I say this is just a tried-and-true strategy for killing Republicans. Like, Dark Brandon is rising, y'all. He's like, yeah, it's over. It's all good. Go outside. Is it though? Because it's not like Republicans were inside respecting the mandates and the ordinances. Like they, they I went to Florida in the middle of the shit. And they were outside. They no, were already. I'm trying to spin this somehow, but really, I don't know what the fuck this guy is doing. Um, I don't know. Just get your boosters, y'all. Everyone get that Omicron booster. Capitalism won. Why won't people just admit that? Capitalism won. And sometimes some of y'all got to die so we can get this money. My bad. <laughs> the Foot Locker DJ knows capitalism won. He turned that shit up just a little bit more the yeah, day that Biden said it was over. Like, Take that yeah. plexiglass down. We can't see the strippers through the plexiglass. <laughs> the pandemic's over. <laughs> I'm sorry. Plexiglass that's and strip clubs? Not, not, no. <laughs> like if it's one place that, some of the strippers were wearing masks so i was told like during That's the great. peak during the peak of it all you know? i like that i love that
Um, all right, for everything else, this is the week where. Okay, so I'm sure we've you've talked about this a little bit, but we're learning about Governor Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott's stunts uh, involving busing and flying migrants from their states to Martha's Vineyard in Massachusetts and Kamala Harris's home uh, in D.C. So we're talking 48 migrants from Venezuela who were flown. And this is weird, right? It's like DeSantis flying migrants from a state he's not in. So he's flying migrants from San Antonio, Texas to Martha's Vineyard. Uh, and now a sheriff in Texas is opening an investigation into the people involved in luring those migrants onto planes, including apparently a blonde woman named Perla, who I, I like. I'm like, who is this woman? But uh, let's look into what the fuck has been happening. Um, so how did he get the money for it? Uh, well, DeSantis spent $615,000 out of the state budget to charter two jets to fly the refugees. The money came from a $12 million program approved by the legislature using federal COVID mm. funds. There you go. There's oh, the money. Um, oh, all kinds of problems, obviously, including the fact that, like, it, it just, he's cooking the books in his home state around COVID. The Republicans are like keeping Title 42 in a place so they can keep rejecting asylum seekers because of COVID, apparently, but they don't believe in it, but they do. But they, anyway, so when they got there to Martha's Vineyard, uh, immigration lawyers stepped up uh, and two days after they arrived, they were bused to Joint Base Cape Cod on the mainland. Lawyers worked with federal officials to make sure they'd get where they needed to go without harming their status. Uh, Boston immigration lawyer Rachel Self told CBS News. Self also said that some refugees reported they were met by Homeland Security agents before boarding the jets who gave them false addresses and wrong information about which agency to contact to get their addresses changed. They were also told that jobs and housing would be waiting for them when they arrived. Now, I thought that was kind of crazy. I was like, damn, DHS is involved. Yeah. What the fuck? Um, I mean, do we know for sure or was it just somebody just pretending to be or whatever because it, it seems to be a cardboard cut out sheriff's bad like little badge yeah like, like i don't I mean, and if you're not from here how do you know what's the official uniform and badge texture you know like totally you don't know so you're just trying not to get deported so i'm just gonna roll with this fluent speaking english person who said get on the plane totally totally and dhs says i mean i thought that was crazy but they say you, you know, they're like, neither its agents nor immigration or customs enforcement and border patrol have helped DeSantis. They say they have, they have no idea what's going on. And like, I know what you're saying, Roy, that like, ha like obviously immigrants who don't know these different agencies, like they're not going to necessarily know, but I, I definitely don't believe DHS. <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't trust. Oh, and, like, no. the, I'm sure the head didn't know what was going on, but I told these. Oh, yeah, they don't, they're not going to go, yep, we did it. Like, they're, <laughs> yeah. no, not, not, not a chance at all. Right. And there's some crazy, the craziest motherfuckers. Like, we think the people who join police forces are just kind of, I mean, not always, but it's always like, oh, yeah, that guy, yeah, he's a cop. That makes sense. Um, 
people who join Customs and Border Patrol, man, they it's like they like the cruelty. Uh, it is extra cruel. It is uh, policing w- with a side of more cruelty if you needed that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know who to believe, but it, we're getting apparently we'll get to the bottom of it, even though, um, you know, according to the White House and the Justice Department, they're not saying if they're going to investigate allegations of trafficking, kidnapping. You got that one Texas sheriff who is. But let's look at what happened. So what did what were they told? So this is from um, uh, popular. Uh, sorry, popular information. Judd Legum, he says that. The migrants were told reporters they were misled about the nature of the flight. Several migrants told NPR they were told the flight was going to Boston, not Martha's Vineyard. According to the migrants, a woman who identified herself as Perla also said that if they traveled to Boston, they could receive expedited work papers. That's a good reason to go. Um, and apparently they were given these, and please let's comment on the quality of these brochures. These were brochures that Perla was handing out that to me look like like my mom printed them on her home printer after like I gave her tech support for half an hour because that's usually what I talked to her about and so and they're like Massachusetts Massachusetts welcomes you beneficios para refugiados and then these brochures are printed in that same font as that used condom pamphlet that's at the clinic I know that's a very specific analogy. There's a the used who know, <laughs> they know. Yeah, you know, you go to like the clinic for like your eyes. There's like that little brochure wall. Right. And it's just condoms and your menstrual cycle. Yeah. And then tuberculosis and you. <laughs> and then there's the one that just says use condoms. And it's all the same font. You know, the the my, chat knows what I'm talking about. Fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> the my favorite brochure is the one that's like, "So you're pregnant? Don't drink." And and it's yeah. like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I know, I know, I'm not supposed to drink." Yeah, this is a very courier new with 1.5 spacing between each letter type situation. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah no, that's exactly yeah. right. There's so so in this case, in that analogy, this would be like, "Hey, you know that broken condom." use it Allie, put it on when it breaks it means it worked um yeah, that's wild i didn't know they had like i didn't know they were at fedex office making duped up brochures to help really sell this but i guess that makes perfect sense because the more legitimate it looks the easier it is to get people on the plane exactly and if you're promised expedited papers i mean that is that's essentially the golden ticket so um Apparently, it said migrants would be given eight months cash assistance. Done. I'm there. Assistance with housing. Cool. Food, clothing, transportation, okay. job interviews, job training, job placement, registering for ch- children for school, assistance applying for social security guards and or cards, excuse me, and many other benefits, which is kind of ironic because it's all the shit that Republicans claim Democrats are just handing out. <laughs> to undocumented people um and but it all honestly sounds good like like everyone should get that not just undocumented people this would be tight but anywho yeah i just i just hope that the cities that are stepping up and this is kind of a it's a separate issue but it kind of 
No, it's it's not really a separate issue. I, I I just I just hope that the cities that are stepping up and helping these migrants, once this crisis has been solved for the, for these particular parties, mm-hmm. that these cities continue to have the same benevolence for the unhoused that are also there in their streets. Totally. And that's the thing where it gets a little like, all right, clearly you're good. So can you continue to help other people in a fucked up situation as well? Or were you just doing this because the Republicans are trying to embarrass you and you tried to throw boomerang back the embarrassment? So, you know, I just want to, I, I really hope that that this benevolence that these cities are displaying isn't, uh, you know, ultimately performative in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think you're referring to the fact that a lot of Martha's Vineyard residents came out, gave hugs, helped folks like actually get back because some of them had like, you know, hearings they had to be at. And it's funny because the, 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 the Fox News line, you know, is like, aha, look at them, how they just, you know, they wanted them to get the hell out of there. They, you know, and, and you're like, no, it's not actually really what happened, but I think, and I saw this one meme of like the Homer disappearing into the bushes where it's like, you know, a liberal holding a, like one of those signs in this house, we believe, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then as soon as like migrants come in, it's like a no trespassing. And you're like, that would be funny because that's on point, except when it comes to the unhoused is where liberals true like if you really want to like get them it is you're exactly right like it's around unhoused people and like the fact that that a lot of folks in wealthier neighborhoods not that like there are that many unhoused people in martha's vineyard generally um it's a small island but i'm not this for me the the point isn't isolated to the vineyard i mean we're also i'm talking about chicago new york specifically right they scoop up unhoused put them on a bus and drop them off two counties away and be like good luck all right all right same dick move there was just no plane involved so just as you continue to care about the immigrants i hope that that love and benevolence you know, trickles on to other people that are, you know, that are in your community. Absolutely. And have been for a long time. Absolutely. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I wanted to point out, you know, the, the funny angle on this whole story is who's taking credit for it. Um, well, actually, before we go to that, I just want to say this shit's not stopping. So Greg Abbott did his own like hundred migrants to Kamala Harris's house in DC, um, 50 more were just sent over the weekend. DeSantis today, this is Tuesday the 20th, he's flying immigrants from San Antonio now to Biden's home in Delaware. So he's, they're like, they see, they think it's great, right? They're like, oh, we're crushing it. Um, but the real question is whose idea was it? So Trump is going around mad as hell saying DeSantis stole my plan for shipping migrants. <laughs> that and, is such a great <laughs> argument. Like, you stole my shit. That was my idea. Just like imagine the things in history. If you're like, you know, like the gas chambers, pff, my idea. Yeah. I'll never get credit for it, but Adolf and I totally had a drink the night before. Um, like uh i don't actually think that was adolf's idea but you know what i'm saying just like imagine looking at this cruelty and being like uh, that was my idea and in fact 
that shit wasn't his idea. It was Tucker Carlson's idea back in July. I'm not going to subject everybody to that clip. But Tucker Carlson is basically like, you know what we should do? We should, we should, you know, he doesn't have glasses, but whatever. Uh, we should, we should ship all, all these migrants into Martha's Vineyard. And so that's essentially <laughs> where Greg Abbott and DeSantis got that idea. But of course, Trump is salty about it because he wants the credit for the cruelty, no matter where it lies. Of course. Anywho, let's move on to our second story. Uh, I enjoyed this. This is just breaking because um, <laughs> you know how we're like understanding more about this alternate slate of electors, you know, kind of like, uh, which is very funny that the Trump administration began with alternative facts and ended with alternative, alternate electors, you know, alternate and alternative electors. So this is the week we got even more footage from Georgia. This is that fake electors dream team of Karens and Kevins put together by Trump lawyer and Yeti who shops at Talbot's Cindy Powell or Sydney Powell, excuse me. Uh, specifically, we get footage of Kathy Latham, who is a former GOP chairwoman of that county, Coffee County, who we saw last week. There was footage of her escorting all these Trump operatives into the election office. And she's like, did y'all finish with the printer? Like, that's one thing she asked. She's like, are you guys done? Uh, and then this week, we have this footage from CNN uh, about what they were doing inside that election office. CNN has obtained new surveillance video from inside of the Coffee County, Georgia elections office. And what it shows is Republican operatives spending hours inside of a restricted area there, along with an attorney for former President Trump. An attorney for former President Trump inside a restricted area with what appear to be votes. Uh, this all happened January 7, 2021. That's one day after the Capitol insurrection. The newly obtained surveillance video shows a Republican county official and a team of operatives working for Trump attorney Sidney Powell inside a restricted area of the local elections office in Coffee County, Georgia. Among those seen, Kathy Latham, a former GOP chairwoman of Coffee County, who is under criminal investigation for posing as a fake elector in 2020. Latham previously claimed she was not personally involved in the breach, but the video appears to undercut that claim, showing her inside as a team of Republican operatives work on computers near election equipment and proceed to access voting data. Scott Hall, an Atlanta bail bondsman and Fulton County Republican poll watcher, is one of the people who spent hours inside the restricted area and in audio obtained by CNN, Hall later described what he did. I'm the guy that chartered the jet to go down to Coffee County to have them inspect all of those computers, and I've heard zero. Okay? <laughs> I went down there, we scanned every freaking ballot. According to attorney, Ms. Latham uh, acted, did not act improperly or illegally. Of course, Poppy and Jim, this is just one of many breaches across the country that are right now being investigated, all yeah. with connections back to this effort to try to keep Donald Trump in office after he lost the election. Okay, if you didn't see the video, wow. there's a couple things that stand out. Number one, there's a cute little Labrador dog just in the middle of the whole thing. And I, I don't know. He seems... Like, I don't know, we should, like, 
either absolve no. him or he's a mastermind. One of one no. of the two. Fuck that dog too. <laughs> you can't everybody in the room. All y'all got to go to do. I don't know. This is not a dog jail, but <laughs> I don't know. Send them to a pet smart. Make them stay in that back part of pet pet smart where they do the grooming. That's like a county jail. <laughs> like dogs understand all that human shit and all them human command. That's that's what people love to say. The dog looked in my eyes and he knew exactly. Then you knew they was cheating the shit. <laughs> Fuck that dog. Respectfully, I'm not saying fuck animals. I'm just saying fuck that dog. That one particular dog. That particular dog can kiss my hand. Now you see where he's going in the later footage because the dog knew the shit was finna. It's like the same dog in the background of every uh, Beto O'Rourke <laughs> Vanity Fair shot a few years ago. Beto has redeemed himself since, but his little dog in the background, like, oh gosh. Let me ask you a broader question. Yeah. When 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 are Democrats gonna start cheating too? <laughs> So, I like, love that. That's the takeaway. I think like, no, honestly. And I know we, I, I, I know we live in a society where we're supposed to do the high road. When they go low, we go high. And moral, sometimes you gotta steal it, then create the nice moral house that you want to build around it. But this this type of stuff continues to happen in smaller counties. And if it's not this then it's gerrymandering, then it's voter suppression, or you take people off the rolls. Like, right. there's so many different ways to create, you know, little pockets of fuckery in these smaller counties that they make you think they don't matter, but they actually do, because these are also the counties that elect the officials, that appoint all of the judges, that do all of the fuck shit at the state level. So <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I just wish just once, just Democrats would cheat, bro. I just wish they would just... Yeah, I mean, over here in California, we had Republicans setting up just fake uh, drop boxes. They just printed out a like, drop your ballot here. Again, same exact FedEx that they probably use for those other things. And I'm like, you know, this is so bad. But at the same time, A for effort. And at least you tried. And this whole time. If I were the Democrats, I would be hiring fucking Nathan Fielder. To run the most elaborate voting poll scam, I would meet Herschel Walker, but it's Kenan Thompson in an Afro wig, like like whatever. <laughs> you could, honestly, the actual real Herschel Walker would show up to that event. Thank you for sure. Real event. He's like my name's on it, so <laughs> I'm gonna be there. Kirsch. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. No, uh, you're... this one. First of all, Nathan Fielder makes this look really, really bootleg. And Kathy Latham, by the way, if you're not watching the whole video, she's just, I think, playing like, maybe this is a throwback, but Candy Crush on her phone. She's just there in the corner, like, y'all done yet? And then the dude, Scott Hall, who he's just like, I'm the guy who sent everyone to Coffee County. I'm the guy. And I think he's like, and we found nothing, which is so funny, because imagine, Roy, so what that makes me think is, you went through all this effort to appear, to do this crime after this is january 7th by the way not that we haven't seen the extent of trumpism you went all that way you go into these into the to the where the ballots are being held you're looking through them you're scanning them and you don't plant shit you just like nope there's no fraud i'm glad we did this because i don't see no fraud like what what finish the job no plant your evidence 
the odds were already in our favor. So let's just stop. We're done. We're good. So <laughs> stupid. So, yeah, yeah, I think what you have to do, I mean, this is one of those crimes that has to be legislated away. So you got to start throwing five, 15 years at people. But the problem is that if you start trying to do that, then you run into, you know, the similar situations like the sister. I think it was Texas where she accidentally voted at the wrong poll. Or like there was a weird snafu with her voter registration and they gave her five years in prison. I think, it was like a, yeah, I think it was like a mail vote valid. The chat will help us out with the facts. But like my point is, if you try to legislate the fraud aspect of it, then Republicans are going to counter and try to legislate and criminalize the actual voting aspect of it, then put in 15 different ways that you could actually accidentally vote incorrectly. Which they're already doing. Right. It's like, you're going to have to vote like soup Nazi style. Um, But yeah, no, there are, what's funny about Georgia specifically, it's not funny. It's just like, everyone's like, Oh, Brad Raffensperger, you know, he stood up to, to, to Donald Trump and all these, it's like, no, all these fools just use the non-existence of fraud to then pass even more voter suppression laws so that in the midterms that we're going to bring in Tom right now, midterms are, you know, are awash with this kind of suppression tactics. And like, of course, like all the things that happened under the pandemic, whether it was mail-in or whether it was, you know, Dropbox stuff, all that's been, especially in red states, like taken away. Voting hours are like, you know, worse than library hours or your favorite, you know, talk, let him just think of a taco yeah. spot that doesn't is not open on Monday. Yeah, voting is like that boutique, some boutique shithole in New York that sells some pastry that a bunch of rich people have praised, and you have to wait all day for it. <laughs> you still it's might not that it. good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's bring in uh, to talk more about the midterms, um, uh, Mr. Tom Bonnier. He is a Democratic political strategist, CEO of Target Smart, a data and polling firm. Tom, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. This is Roy. This is Francesca. It's good to see y'all. You already know which one of us has important shit to say. I have three baseballs on my back. <laughs> books and electorate maps back. Look at that. I've got, I've got a baseball back here too. It's it's <laughs> autographed by someone, and I can't for the life of me remember who. So I well, keep it hidden. What? It's, it's like your grand, someone your and grandpa. you look at it, and it's like, yeah, Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> this is the one where they hit five homers. Who? It, it's in bad shape, anyhow. <laughs> Um, Tom, we were just talking a little bit about like the voter suppression stuff, um, and like new laws, I guess I, I, maybe let's pick up from there. Like, what do you make of, you know, 2020, like massive voter turnout helped by rightfully a lot of the things that were implemented, um, in, you know, under COVID, which was like, you could vote early, you could vote by, you know, dropping off, um, your ballot at a Dropbox. Other people can send in your ballot for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the stuff that like continues in states, blue states, but not so much in red states. How do you think that's impacting or what have you seen um, that impacting the the midterm elections? Well, you know, y'all were just talking about Texas a minute ago and Texas mm-hmm. is a great example of that because Texas during the pandemic actually made it really easy for people to vote. You saw like what the Democratic clerk in Houston did doing drive through voting. You could pull up in a tent. And then right. what happened is when people saw how many people voted in Texas, which was more people than have ever voted in Texas and how many Democrats came out and they were thinking about what's on the ballot this year, the governor's race, especially 
no state rolled back voting access more than Texas. Now, there was a story just the other day about the biggest college campus in Texas, one of the biggest college campuses in the country. They used to have one early voting location on the campus for tens of thousands of kids who would go to vote for the whole early voting period. The students there were pushing to add another one. So what did Texas do? They got rid of the first one. There's no early voting location <laughs> on the entire campus. So wow. these sorts of things aren't just happening in Texas. You know, some states have done the right thing, and those tend to be states or, or counties that are run by Democrats and have left those, uh, those options in place to make it easier for people to vote. Uh, but a lot of states have made it harder. And when we think about a lot of these key states, uh, y'all have been talking about Georgia a lot and voter suppression is alive and well in Georgia, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah Tom, they, mm -hmm. Do you think when we look at the razor thin margins, you know, at the, at, in terms of the house and the Senate in 2020, how, what, what do you, what do you predict the efficacy to be of these voter suppression efforts going into midterms? Like how, how fucked are we, Tom? I'm trying to be all yeah. professional. That's, that's the question it, it, I ask myself every morning. Because North Carolina did some serious yep. rejiggering of their districts. Yep. And Florida, too. Yeah. Which, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, the fact is that this year was, quote, supposed to be a red wave election year for Republicans because it's a midterm election, because the party that's not in the White House uh, usually wins by a really wide margin. And then you add on top of that gerrymandering that Roy mentioned, which you know, a lot of people say, well, it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. Well, what we thought it would be is not the best metric that we should be judging things against these days. Uh, voter suppression has gotten worse in many places. And so you have all those factors. And on the other hand, you have that, look, the Republican Party is so extreme at this point. They've gone so far to the point where they really don't care about appealing to most American voters. Mm -hmm. And um, that's definitely having an impact because if you look at the polling, if you look at all the indicators, Republicans should be running away with this based on all those structural advantages that they've put in place for right. over the last decade, going back, especially to 2014. And they're not, you know, Democrats are leading in the generic ballot polls, narrow margin, but leading. When you look at these key races, when you look at the Senate races in Georgia and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and North Carolina, um, Ohio, even we're talking about now, uh, Democrats legitimately can win all these races, but it's going to take really everything going exactly right. Whereas Republicans, yeah. their strategy isn't about, well, how do we appeal to swing voters? How do we get our base out? It's literally, how do we keep the other side from coming out? And that's, you know, to state the obvious problematic. Yeah. That's sort of what I, I mean, I think I was listening to Weigel and he was like that Dave Weigel from the Washington Post. And he was like that the Democrats kind of have to bat perfectly, especially in the House to keep the House. Senate might be even almost easier. I mean, even Mitch McConnell's like, you know, our candidates suck. <laughs> He's like very open about how the Senate might be lost. I just, I just don't want J.D. Vance in the fucking Senate. And I, I that's my, that's. I mean, I don't want any of them there. Like, definitely not Dr. Oz, but that dude's going to lose. Anyway, but tell me about, let's talk about, like, um, one of those issues, right, that has, has been galvanizing Democrats. When it came down initially, the Dobbs ruling, I, you know, we all got the text from Pelosi. I was like, you cynical bitch. And, you know, 
I think that was the feeling for a little bit of time. And then we saw, you know, um, basically the opposite happened that people were like, no, no, they're fired up, especially women. And the registration of women voters, I know, has been huge. What have you seen in terms of um, registering uh, women re coming out to register to vote? Yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild just because we've gone through this era since Trump came on the scene six, seven years ago where we would see something crazy happen in the news. And I think we'd all look at it and say, well, this has to change things. People are going to look at this and say, we can't have any of that. You know, humans in cages, people are going to stand up. And then, you know, there's outrage, but the voting doesn't change. And right. so I think to a certain extent with Dobbs, a lot of us were afraid that we were going to be seeing the same thing, that there'd be a lot of outrage. We'd look around. We'd say, who can save us? You know, is the White House going to do something? Is Congress going to do something? No, and no, then, no. You know, the difference here was a realization that in the end, it's going to be on the voters. And, you know, I think everyone's aware of what happened in Kansas. You had that that vote in early August in Kansas. It was handpicked by anti-choice Republicans to <laughs> to to fail, to to you know, to remove uh, abortion protections from the state constitution. Yeah. No one was supposed to vote. And it was, just, and, and, you know, the pro-choice vote, the no vote actually wins by almost 20 points. And so we jump in, we look at, well, what happened there? Is this one example where finally something has changed? And yeah, 70% of the people who registered to vote in Kansas after the June 24th decision of Dobbs were women. It was 70, 30 women, men. You don't see wow. that. That doesn't happen anywhere. It's usually 50, 50. If one group is really fired up, it might be, you know, 53, 47. It was 70, 30. Women were coming out. And then when you look at the actual turnout of who voted, it's women, it's younger voters in general. Uh, it was Latino voters, uh, of which there are not a lot in Kansas, but actually, believe it or not, more Latino voters voted in this election than almost any election other than the 2020 presidential election. Uh, more young people voted than have voted in any midterm election, than voted in the 2018 general election and in August election. So, you know, when we talk about is there hope? The hope is that this energy that we're seeing among women, younger voters, voters of color, it, it, it's awful that the reason that it exists. But if that energy can carry through over the next seven weeks, right. then you're going to see a very competitive election and Democrats do have a chance at holding on to the House. Yeah, I mean, that younger voter thing is huge I, in terms of like you're seeing young people who like are just going to college and then their address has changed. And like a lot of things are stacked against them anyway. Um, and they're registering. Yeah. Right. Well, um, we saw the same thing in 2018, which was the Parkland massacre happens. The March for Our Lives movement starts in, you know, that was February. March for Our Lives, I think, was April. And then you saw the political establishment and the media sort of pat them on the head and say, that's cute, but yeah. young people don't vote in midterms. And, you know, we started analyzing it just like we've been looking at the voter registration with women and younger voters this cycle and saw something similar that, well, actually, young people are actually fired up and they're registering to vote. We put an analysis out summer of 2018. Washington Post actually published a rebuttal to our analysis that effectively was the same head pat <laughs> and saying that's cute, but young people don't vote in midterms. And we all know the story, right? Young people went from 7% of ballots cast in the 2014 midterms. So mm -hmm. almost 13% of ballots cast in the 2018 midterms. The blue wave doesn't happen if young people don't get out there and vote. And we're seeing even bigger numbers now with younger voters and women. So there is reason to be hopeful, 
Um, but yeah, seven weeks scares me. Save us young people, even though we tease you about being lazy. Mm-hmm. Please even save us. You really take TikTok too seriously. And I feel like you guys are the ones cooking chicken and NyQuil. Cause I saw that story and I was like, that's Gen yes. Z. But Listen, if they save us, I'll eat some NyQuil chicken. <laughs> I'll, That's a good night's sleep. I'll do all, I'll eat a Tide Pod. I'll go lick the Bluebell ice cream. Whatever, <laughs> whatever TikTok food chaos you want me to do, I'll do it. If you save us, I believe that if you survive a mass shooting, you get to vote automatically. So right. that means elementary school kids in Uvalde get the vote. No, like they that's want that. just right there. They wouldn't want that. No, of course they wouldn't. But I just feel like that's, you know, that's my rule. Um, no, I think that's good. And yet it's still going to be hard, like hard going in the house. Um, but any any other what other what other trends have you guys been? I know Target Smart specifically kind of filling in these gaps that like like you're saying, the narratives are young people don't vote. I mean, the shit that like, you know, eventually our parents will all regurgitate to us when it doesn't go, you know, the way of the Democrats generally. But what other and, and Target Smart kind of like finds those the patterns that other people are missing. What other patterns do you feel like people are missing? You know, I, my biggest gripe at this point is the polling that's out there. You know, y'all were griping about Georgia a little while ago, and and I started off this morning doing so. There were polls out there. Front page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is this big spread, whole above the, the fold spread, talking about how Republicans are winning in all the statewide races, governor's race, Herschel Walker's winning. They have this new poll with the University of Georgia out. And it's this narrative, right, that they're driving this narrative that is only going to have the effect of depressing turnout from people. And so I look at that poll because right. I always want to know, like, well, wh what is this based on? I look at the poll. I look at the sample. I'm a nerd. And in the poll sample, they're predicting that Republicans are going to have a 9% larger share of the electorate than Democrats in Georgia. Even in 2014, when Republicans had a great year in Georgia, it was a four-point advantage. So they've got this poll out there that says that Republicans are going to double turnout. So I start ranting about that on Twitter, as one does, mm -hmm. um, into the void. And then another poll comes out, another Georgia poll that shows, again, Democrats are losing. And you see Democrats saying, God, we just can't win there. What's going to happen? Well, in that poll, 49% of their respondents in that poll are women. 49%. The lowest woman vote share in Georgia in the last decade has been 55%. So this is a poll saying wow. that if after a Dobbs decision, when women have been robbed of their right to choose and make their own health care decisions, women are going to turn out at an all-time low. Sure, <laughs> if that happens, yeah, I guess Republicans might be winning. And so you ask the, the sort of trends we're looking at. A lot of what we're looking at now is the polling that's out there. Yeah. And we're looking at these turnout trends and we're trying to put them in context so people understand. I don't know who's going to turn out. I don't know exactly what percent of the vote women will make up in Georgia. I know it's not going to be 49 percent. I know it's not going to yeah. be an all time low. I know that Republicans aren't going to have a nine point advantage in Georgia. So we're trying to share that information, share some context so people can be a little bit better informed. And hopefully, yeah. you know, these media narratives don't drive turnout down because people look at it and say well we don't have a chance i guess herschel walker is going to be our next senator this is why i mean this is why i don't trust polls i've never trust i haven't trusted a poll since 2016 that's that's it i just swore yeah, off them all together <laughs> but but i'm also like who is answering these polls who is home at like 1 p.m other than me streaming on a tuesday 
answering the phone, their landline. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just all kinds yeah. of. Yeah, things. I don't answer unknown numbers. No, no, no one does. I I, t- I teach a class at Howard University in campaigns. Um, and uh-huh. I asked my students last week. We're covering Poland, and I asked them. I said, you know, how many of you have a landline? Of course, none of them have a landline phone. How many of you have a cell phone? Everyone. How many of you answer your phone when it rings and you don't know who it is? Nobody. Nobody does. So it's problematic. There, there are some smart pollsters who are doing smart things and yeah. using texting and online surveys, but it's the sort of thing that you need to look at. And it's somewhat irresponsible of the media to report on these polls as if they're gospel truth or as if it's a sporting event. It's a football game. Herschel Walker's winning. Yes. Well, no, he's, he's yeah, he's winning if you believe that's what turnout's going to look like in Georgia. And by the way, we should tell you turnout has never looked like this in Georgia. Maybe that's important context, but they leave that out. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about um, Georgia next week on the show. So I'm, ex- I'm curious about that. Cause yeah, I mean, it f- felt like the, I mean, Republicans and the media want us to think that 2020 was a fluke, right? Like it's never going to go that way again. And I don't know about that. I feel like, you know, uh, tell voters that their vote was a fluke and they might come out harder the next time. Um, but that's why I just, I just go with my gut on everything. Um, <laughs> no, not Very Trumpian. Just my, yes, yeah, just my gut. Um, no, and I, I do think that in terms of reproductive rights, you know, Lindsey Graham is someone who is like, are you an op, bro? Like, are you working for the Democrats? Because your whole plan to, to like ban abortion on a national level feels like it's just going to drive voter turnout. Um, yeah, and yeah that, sh- I said the same thing last week because, you know, d- Democrats, as we all know, have been talking about if you elect Republicans. Uh, I remember being at the L.A. convention in 2000 and having the West Wing cast coming up to us as we're walking out of the convention call and telling us. You need to make this race about the Supreme Court and abortion. We got political advice from the cast of the West Wing. So it goes back before that, right? That Democrats have been talking about if you vote for Republicans, they're going to overturn Roe. And the fact of the matter is we talked about so much that people stopped believing it. They didn't think it would happen. And then Dobbs happens and they see what's really happening. People say, oh, this is something that we really need to push back against. But you're right. Then Lindsey Graham comes along. Republicans were trying to back down for the last few weeks. They saw what happened in Kansas and they got scared. And yeah. you see them all removing all the pro-life stuff from their websites. You see them. Dr. Oz suddenly is 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 not so pro-life anymore. Right. Um, and then Lindsey Graham comes along and he files this bill that says, yeah, national federal ban after 15 weeks. And you see all the other Republicans giving them the cut sign saying not now. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um yeah. And, and I guess any, like anything else, anything else that we have like not been paying attention to, um, or yeah, or things we should ignore. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, the biggest, there's probably more that you should ignore than anything else. Like stay as much as I love Twitter for some things, probably, you know, steer clear for a while. Uh, but you know, I think the other trend that's important to look at is looking at Latino voters, African-American voters, API voters, they delivered along with younger voters the victories in 2000 especially in key states like georgia nevada arizona and a big question is are these voters coming back you know there have been a lot of stories out there saying oh they're trending republican and we're not seeing that in the data api voters are actually registering at a a higher democratic rate than they were two years ago fastest Uh, growing voter block exactly and so I'm you know, just stating one right now. I mean, she's going to be probably Jewish, not ready to vote by November. I'm guessing. No, it's true. It's true. I'm trying. Uh, yeah, I know a dog in Coffee County that could probably get that, get that, get that baby a voting card. <laughs> nice Labrador. Ask for Rex. Um, yeah, no, exactly. And I think that 
Right. I mean, it's all to it's all to like build suspense, right? Which we should let's let's agree. We should feel like, you know, look, we don't want the Democrats shouldn't lose the House. That would fucking suck. Herschel Walker and J.D. Vance should be nowhere near the Senate. Um, the idea that there would be a national abortion ban is very, very real. But at the same time, we're kind of seeing that play out in a lot of states right now in terms of bans on abortion. So, the, I mean, the reality is the same. The fight is the same. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, Tom, any, anything else, Roy, you're, you're curious about? No, I, I think that he's kind of hit the nail on the head. It's just, it's very hard to poll young people. We can't even count fucking people in this country. Like every eight years we go, Hey, do you mind if we count you just so we can know how many motherfuckers and people won't answer the phone. They won't answer the door. They don't trust the census. So I think it's always going to be difficult to get a true approximation of which way, you know, particular voting blocks, you know, are leaning. I, I will say, you know, from the black side of the game, I do think that, you know, there is a lot more indifference and voter apathy as far as I can tell, you know, just in kind of, you know, I'm no Nate Silver or anything like that, but just in the circles that I swim in, comparing 2016 to now, it's a lot more apathy and a lot mm-hmm. more of holding Democrats, you know, feet to the fire. And I don't know if it will be as much of a shoe-in of getting Black people back to the polls as much as it was in 2016 or, you know, post-Black Lives Matter, you know, going into um, into 2020. Yeah, especially since that was completely squandered as an issue. I mean, you could, you know, you could talk about student loan debt disproportionately, you know, um, impacting like black Americans. We could talk about the, you know, climate bill, you know, helping out communities of color in terms of environmental racism. But that's like niche within like like nothing has really happened since the 2020 uprisings when it comes to like federal police reform. We can't get shit passed right. on that. I mean, they're reversing body cam shit now. It's illegal to record the police in certain locales now. Well, wait, wait. Right. I thought y'all were supposed to be wearing the body cameras and turning them on. Yeah, we might. Okay, we'll record you just in case. Oh, you're under arrest. What the fuck? Right. To say nothing of the vote, like, also another thing that I think the Black community has, I mean, obviously, like, historically cared about is voting rights. And that hasn't been enshrined yet. And so we're being told once again, okay, but next election, you know what I mean? Everyone's issues will be taken care of. We're going to do codify row. We're going to get voting rights. So TBD. There is is a contingency, and I'm not going to put this on the black demographic alone, but there is a contingency of voters in this country who are tired of broken promises and they honestly do not care and they would be happy on election day to kick back, relax, and stay at home and watch this bitch burn and not care. Yes, yes. And and that is actually a, literally what Republicans want is to watch women burn at the stake. That is, that is their... They're like, that sounds good. That's the 2020... <laughs> that's 2024. That's not... That's what they're going to run on. Witches are back. They're that's real. Um, yeah and i think you know tom we're gonna see we're we're seeing these weird plays right for you know the stunts we were talking about desantis and 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 greg abbott you feel like and then this is this is again my wishful finger in the air thinking like is like 
the switch between Republicans. Well, I think you you guys had a study about that. Like, was it eight percent of Republicans voting Democrat in twenty twenty? Um, That's right. Something along those lines. Is that going to continue to happen? What happens if more Republicans start voting Democrat? And are these political stunts um, maybe actually backfiring? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because <laughs> Republicans have lost so many of their who used to be their core voters. And they talked about suburban, better educated voters, especially women who were, you know, they were fiscally conservative, culturally middle of the road. Trump comes along and those voters leave the party in droves. And Republicans recognize after 2000 that, well, maybe Trump's gone from the scene now and we need to make an effort to win those voters back. And that lasted about 30 seconds until people like DeSantis came along and realized, well, if, if I want to be the next Trump, I need to take it and turn it up a notch. And the fascinating thing <laughs> is, you know, look, Republicans thought this would be another election where they could make it a culture war election. And they're doing their damnedest to make that true. You know, we remember in 2000, the socialism stuff, the stuff where they talk about uh, defund. I feel like some of the pro-police sentiment from Democrats is positioning yes. for the sake of votes on the bet that the people who want to defund will still vote for you because they ain't got no better choice. That's and right. those are the people that I think are going to sit back this year. They're on election day. They are going to order some Grubhub and they are going <laughs> to sit at their house and they ain't going nowhere. And they're going to watch Don Lemon and whoever. Well, it'll be who's the one in the khakis on MSNBC touching all the screens. There you go. That they will kick back and watch him and crack jokes and never leave the house. I have a theory that Kornacki's a secret lefty. That's my that's my theory on him. <laughs> I think he's like cool as shit. But uh, but that's just yeah. he's not allowed. They don't let him out of the the polling lane. No. Um, but that's a really good point. Exactly. And it, and it's you know I think like people of color and also young people are always blamed for you know a lack of. Like if a Democrat when Democrats loses, lose, when Democrats, when, lose, when Democrats like, win, oh. it's white swing voters who delivered the win. <laughs> right. When Democrats lose, it's well, voters of color stay at home. But, you know, I, I, I think when you're talking about the flights, the migrant flights and what they're doing, I mean, to, to say it's a stunt is to state the obvious. But I think mm -hmm. Republicans were panicking to a certain point where this election, they're not in control of the narrative right now. It is about Dobbs. It's about choice. There's yeah. seven weeks left. And so they're looking at this and saying, how do we steal it back, put it on? How do we start running the ball instead of defending? And the way they do that is start doing crazy things that everyone will start talking about in the media. And it's hard. I don't know how you don't talk about it. You have to talk about it because they're humans being used as pawns. Right. But it's challenging. They're trying to change the narrative to something that they believe will fire up their voters. And um, they're good at it. Republicans are good at it because they will go and do the things that Democrats never would. Right. Um, Tom Bonnier, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody follow Tom on Twitter and uh, also f just check out Target Smart Insights, uh, targetsmart.com, dark car, targetsmart.com. Um, <laughs> Tom, Tom, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for your clarity and for like, you know, both. I think it's good like to temper our expectation, like to not follow sort of the mainstream lines around a lot of this stuff, but then also to like, yeah, know that turnout will be important and um, things could be looking good um, for Dems and for democracy, we hope. All right. Take good care. Talk to you soon.
Roy, you're not going anywhere because I got one more segment for you. All right. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this, but we have a tradition on this show. It's an award okay. ceremony, really. Right. Uh, it's called the Cringies, and this is uh, the three worst moments in politics on the internet captured in video form known as the cringies yeah there it is and <laughs> our first contestant is marjorie taylor green comparing flights of the future that run on electricity to that's right slave ships Air Canada, get this, has ordered 30 electric airplanes. Yeah, electric airplanes. So we were, we were joking around and we were talking, how is there an electric airplane and what does that look like? So we were, we were just making fun and thinking about, remember back a long time ago and you've seen movies where people in those slave ships and they're down there and they're rowing and they're being whipped to row? We're saying, how are they going to keep powering these electric airplanes? What are they going to have? It's like a spin class in a tube where, where they've got everybody riding spin cycles and then those mean, nasty airline stewardess that force you to wear masks all the time on the planes back when we were forced to wear masks. Are they going to be forcing you to like keep spinning to keep the airplane in the air? What if Peloton was just a scam to get people to make electricity for free? That would be great. I would love that. That's that's my conspiracy theory. Spread that one around the internet <laughs> chat. Um, she, she's a special one. She's special. She did the classic she's thing special. where, like, as comics, you know, when a bit isn't quite developed and it definitely is falling flat, you pivot to a different me metaphor. So she was like, you know, like, back in the... In she, first of all, she believes history, like the history of slavery, is like you see in the movies when someone's been whipped, like... Oh, that's cute. I mean, this is big. I know that she said slave ship, then she said row. And then in the back of my head, I'm like, well, that's not the slave ship. I was thinking about, oh, you talking about them Roman. You talking about that Judah Ben-Hur. You talking about some of that Mediterranean ship. Okay, you talking about Mediterranean slavery. See, I thought you was talking transatlantic slavery. So you got to be more specific with the setup. Like that's, the comic in me is like, no, you're not enough information. You got to right. give the right business. Uh, but then she pivots to being like, I mean, is it going to be like a spin class, you know? And then the mean airline stewardesses, which is amazing that, again, Republicans will put yeah. the oppression of having to wear a mask in the same sentence as, like, talking about slavery. And just like, <laughs> you know, how? So that is okay. our, that's our number one. Okay. Number two, yeah. uh, Herschel Walker, uh, in preparation for his debate with Senator Raphael Warnock, just setting everyone up for maybe. When is that debate? When is that debate? Motherfucker, I'm live tweeting. <laughs> I'm super excited too. I don't even know. I know that Fetterman and Oz is sometime early October. I assume it's early. Yeah. <laughs> maybe check it up us out with that. Um, no. or, or page behind the scenes. Let us know when that is. But here's what he's saying. Um, he's just. October 14th. Thank you, Chet. Thank you. In, in case you didn't know, just if he doesn't do well. Herschel wants you to know he's not that smart. So I'm preparing. I'm this country boy. You know, I'm not that smart. And he's that preacher. He's a smart man. Wear these nice suits. So he's going to show up and embarrass me at the debate October the 14th. 
And I'm just waiting. You know, I'll show up and I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. Motherfucker pulled an eight mile. <laughs> I am dumb. I do live in a trailer with my mom. Raphael Warnock is a preacher and he did have sex with Cheddar Bob and shot him in his leg. Like, it's a smart move. Smart move, Hirsch. He remembered the date though, October 14th. He said it right there. So. I've never heard a football player who sounds like an ex-boxer before. <laughs> with respect to ex-boxers. Yeah. I, it just, you know what, it, you know, Herschel here, I've defended Herschel Walker in just the fact that I think he actually sounds more like Trump than anyone, because it's like, you know, strung together uh, phrases and little brain droppings that you kind of like, you take like a step back, very like a speaks like a Monet painting, like, all right, all right, like I get it on a grand scheme, but what individually you're not making any sense. So I, I defend him by saying Trump speaks the same way, but Warnock, Warnock has to, he has to switch his fighting style because what, what I'm, and I'm being legitimately serious. What Herschel okay. is doing right now is dressing down intelligence and what civility actually looks like. And he got this little shiny suit and his, that's just positioning us versus him. Right. And Warnock looking like the establishment, which Warnock, as it plays right now, plays right into that. He is eloquent. He does know policy. He does dress sharp. He is out there in the streets with the people. Warnock need to show up. This is like Rocky Three when Rocky had to, when Clever Lane beat the shit out of Rocky and he had to go train with Apollo Creed and learn a different fighting style. Warnock has to change his style against <laughs> Herschel Walker. He has to wear overalls. He has to talk in sentence fragments. <laughs> and I'm He's just actually like, chewing Excuse some them. wheat in it. They already think we all look alike. Warnock, fucking dress like Herschel. Put on a fucking blazer from Men's Warehouse with an Under Armour shirt. This is going to be like the final scene in Greece, R.I.P. Oh. Olivia Newton John, you know, where they each come to the final and they're like dressing the way they think the other person wants them to. And then they're just going to sing, sing together. He's, he's got to fight Southpaw on Herschel. Like you cannot, <laughs> you cannot beat this man with policy. The people who support Herschel Walker, you think they give a fuck about your three point plan to bring back the economic downturn and to close the wealth gap? They don't know about that. Just say you're a country boy. You show love Waffle House, man. I need to tell y'all what, man. Like, so really though, because Warnock Wear a shirt have... like this. Some fucking flannel. <laughs> you look, it's very nice. That's like a nice flannel. That's like you. Yeah, this is almost too nice. You need to wear Carhartt. Yeah, you need to wear some tractor wear. That's like uh, you made uh, a quilt of a bunch of hipsters. <laughs> like you beat them up for their shirts and then you stitch together uh, your, your, uh, your earnings into your own shirt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's true that you're like, I think Warnock is incredibly like well-spoken. He's got a good, he like actually believes in working class values, like wants to help people. Um, and you, but how do you beat Herschel when Herschel is so dumb? I don't like, what is, yeah, what do you say? You can, Cause you can't also make fun of him cause it feels like punching down, right? And also the dude's been hit way too many times. Like it's not fair. The only thing that beats crazy is crazy. 
you, you cannot reason. He's got to huff with, a little bit of glue before he goes in there. I, I really feel like trick them into thinking you're stupid. It's the smartest thing you can do. I'm still not completely convinced that Donald Trump is stupid. He does a lot of stupid stuff, but I don't, how much of that is strategy? And I just think that Warnock has spent so much time trying to appease the Democratic voter when at the end of the day in Georgia, the tiebreaker is all in red counties that surround Atlanta. Right. Right. So, you know, just for the debate. Just now, of course, the, the regular Democrats gonna be like, "What the? What are you doing?" And just be like, "Just chill out. Just go watch Rocky Three, and you'll know what I'm doing." Like, but <laughs> hey, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you know. This debate makes me nervous because it's an opportunity to give Herschel fuel to just tear down Warnock more. See how you use them we'll big see. words? See, that's what them politicians yep. do. They try to confuse us using big words. Democracy. Like what does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. Constitution. Exactly. Oh, constitution. That's four syllables. Yeah. Oh, you a tough guy. Yo, if he's not careful, he's going to fall right into this, right into this. Because Herschel might be dumb, but I bet you the people on his campaign committee ain't. Please watch live and do a stream on it. I would love to see I, your commentary, I am Roy. Going to talk to Trevor about that because that <laughs> that, would be so good. that might be the live stream of the ages. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, there is one more cringy that we're potentially giving out. This is Linda Paulson of Utah running for Senate. It is almost a minute long, but I think it's worth it and you got to just watch. District 12, listen up right here. There's a new name on the ballot for the Senate this year. My name is Linda Paulson, Republican and awesome. Love God and family and the Constitution. I tried to get another conservative to run. Nobody could do it, so I'm getting it done. I'm pro-religious freedom, pro-life, pro-police. The right to bear arms and the right to free speech. I want less government control and regulation want to stop and expose all political corruption where's integrity morality accountability government programs should lead to self-sufficiency and support traditional family as a fundamental unit of society but in schools they're pushing for new beliefs and just to clarify this because there's some who can't define this as a female adult i know what a woman is Okay, that's my only problem with this clip. And just if some people, just to clarify this, because there's some people who can't define this shot of Katanji Brown Jackson, Justice Brown Jackson. Um, but I know what a woman is. No, the rhyme is you can't clarify. In case you want to clarify this, some people can't define this, but I know what a vagina is. That is the fucking rhyme. I'm sorry. Was that supposed to be a misdirection? But I know what a vagina is. Say it. And I have to pick between these three of which one is the most cringeworthy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, It's not the rap. Oh. The rap is bad, but that's for people who don't listen to rap, so it's harmless. Um. I got to go slave ship. I got to go Rowan Ben-Hur slave ship versus transatlantic slave ship. I got to go Marjorie Taylor. 
that one makes me cringe. Herschel makes me laugh, mm. but I laugh at Herschel in the way we laughed at Trump during the primaries, like when Mike Huckabee was the front runner. Right. You know, like like I laugh like that at Herschel, which makes me nervous that maybe I should stop laughing. Well, Mike Huckabee didn't really you know? end up anywhere other than some, well, you know, yeah. Newsmax. Yeah. Fox for a little bit. Listen, Mike Huckabee has a great late night show. He puts on a lot of my comedian friends and gives them the opportunities to do their jokes to millions. So <laughs> I'll say that about Mike Huckabee. He's, he's an employer. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a job creator. Listen, I'm trying to say something nice. So let's change the subject. So okay, yeah. I think uh, I think Marjorie <laughs> for sure. Yeah. She's got to take a tour like this. Remember how she, after the Jewish space laser, she had to go to the Holocaust Museum and she was like, now I understand um, Hitler was not a good guy, even though he had interesting ideas like that's like what now what she got to do. She's got to tour the Civil Rights Museum. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for all of the critical race theory battles that are going on, I'm sure they would just disavow half the stuff that's in the museum anyway, even though there's actual fucking footage of it happening. Uh, yeah, I don't know what the punishment is for this, but I mean, she's going to keep getting more and more sensational. I, you know, I that one makes me cringe the most because it was just it was a stand up set that was all over the place. Yes. I don't know if you guys remember the slave ships and the thing and the the people wrote they got electric planes and the planes are electric and i'm like what's gonna be are you gonna be like people inside the plane rowing it's like come on, what do man. you make of okay so I, I i say she gets the cringy for sure we can give her the cringy but i that point of yours this is a stand-up set i think that's a really interesting point because i've made the comment that like trump i mean it really is just like he should just be a comic doing you know fucking edgelord you know whatever racist humor um and the same thing you see lauren bobert and her whole ilhan omar shtick making fun of her for like at least she didn't have a bomb or whatever it was like her backpack wasn't that big or something like this like they all it's all stuff i've seen at like some of the worst hat comics like the worst open mics also or just like that's all they uh-huh. And it kills with that audience. It does. It kills. They, I'm telling you, man, Republicans know their audience and they know how to please them. They know how to get them out. Democrats ain't throwing rallies like that out in the forest. What Democrat, what Democrat you know just show up at a fucking shed somewhere out in the middle of the, a, a shed that seats 3,000, oddly. But also then... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who books this barn? Um no, that's the other thing about like Fetterman, right? People love Fetterman, but the thing that he's doing is he's just kind of doing Republican playbook tactics, like trying to dunk on his opponent using jokes, you know, making fun of how he, how he said like whatever Wegmans or Wegners or whatever the hell grocery store he didn't, uh, Dr. Oz didn't get right. And yeah. like making fun of the crudite, which is a great strategy. And but Democrats are always like you're saying, you know, we're like, okay, you rise above, you talk about your plan, you obviously, you know, don't really go for like the low hanging fruit. And, you know, I think you do have to go for the low hanging. I think you do have to like get some zingers in there, like stick the landing a little bit more, like work on the jokes, you know, punch your shit up. Um, 
And when it happens, everyone gets to their feet and they're like, oh my God, like, you know, when, when, uh, when Beto O'Rourke like told that dude that it was like, it's serious to me, motherfucker. Everyone was like, woo! <laughs> here's what politics boils down to in this country. And I'll, and I'll end on this. Yeah. This There's more dumb people than smart people in this country. Which kind of politician are you going to be to lure that contingency to the polls? You can't get both. Right. Absolutely. So which which one? Are you a politician from a dumb state? All right. You should probably work on getting the dumb. Unless you can get all of the smart people, you should just get some of the apathetic people and most of the dummies. And the smart people have no choice but to come along. That's to me, that's really what most politics boils down to. It's just, I'm going for the dummies. I'm going for the smart ones. All right, let's see who wins on election day. <laughs> exactly. No, it's, it's, sorry. it's a I good I wish I point. had a better ender for you, but no, really I think that's very is. true. And I think like Republicans prove that every day. They fucking, they think their base is dumb as rocks and they love it. <laughs> they celebrate it. Yeah. Um, Roy Wood Jr., thank you so much for taking the time. You're wonderful. Um, thank you, friend. Everybody, watch. Now I'm forgetting the name of your movie. Yeah, Fucking, it, no. it doesn't matter. It's Confess Fletch. Yay. Theaters and On Demand. Uh, daily show, of course, 11 o'clock. And um, I will see you soon. I, I hope to see you around midterms somewhere, wherever you're going to be. Posted up and chilling. I'm going to be um, pushing a baby out of my body. Oh, this baby's coming soon. Okay. No, this baby's I'll coming in, in like a month. Um, oh, I thought you had like a second trimester baby, but your baby no, like rounding third and getting ready to slide, <laughs> slide out and slide. You, you get what I I'm hope. Saying. I hope it's a slide. I truly hope it's a slide. <laughs> uh, but I don't think it's going to be that. It's going to be like whatever it is where oh, you're caught between coming. two babies you know and you're just like ah tag um yeah no i know i mean i'll be i'll be around i'll be around yeah. roy um yeah we've only met once in person way back when politicon and it was good was it politicon it was or was it cleveland rnc which one oh was shit it, it might have been the it, it was, was definitely a sea of Republicans. Where we it was were. a sea of Republicans, and we were re, we were talking about reclaiming our time. Um, yeah, and it was yeah, the, maybe that's Politicon. Yeah, I think it was Politicon. Yeah, that's circus. Yeah. Well, good to see you again. So Thank good you to for see the you. Invitation. Uh, I wish I could stay for the Patreon part, but I can't. I gotta go be a father now. That's okay. Go, go be a dad. Well, I'll, I'll yeah. I can handle it. Everybody. You got free Roywood Jr. content, so come on over to the Patreon. Um, all right, take good care, man. Um, and thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for sticking around, um, for being wonderful. A few comments I wanted to uh, read out. Uh, Monica G, O M freaking G, you got Roywood Jr. on the show. That's awesome. Yeah, you know it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then just some love for Roy. Roywood Jr. is awesome. Then Roywood Jr. official, weirdly. Uh, saying voter apathy is what needs they need to be polling i wonder when when um the official roywood jr account had time to uh comment that that's strange considering he was just here weird in all kinds of places hunger games 1989 roywood jr is awesome uh indeed um 
Hef on YouTube. This is about Herschel Walker. Herschel Gump, vote for me. Sorry, I ruined your roommate's bathrobe. <laughs> if you're going to quote Forrest Gump on this, uh, in this chat, I will read it live. Know that. Always know that. Uh, Thomas Sears saying, we're not going full on Southern preacher mode could override the football hero in a flash. That's true. That is also very captivating. Um, Brandy Rubel, uh, happy to be here, Fran. Lovely early birthday present for me turning big 5-0 tomorrow. Oh, hell yeah. Happy early birthday. Um, thank you so much for your super chat. And let's see. <laughs> Mike Boy Rap says, my stomach should be called Coffee County. Wow. Wow. Um, Hal Wasserman, no need to show us the rapping woman from Utah. Too bad. I did. Ken M, thank you so much for that super chat. You're super generous. I appreciate it. Um, Dank Dragon, if she doesn't make a joke about having Bonnier with wood, I'll be disappointed. It's Bonnier, okay? It's not Bonnier, even though I do want to say Bonnier. Yes, I did have two people whose last names sound like a hard on. Uh, laser sword as a mother of five i would love to see the baby bump just once congratulations all right you guys ready for this baby bump you guys want to see this baby bump it's gonna be close but here's only because i got gas i gotta stand up da, 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 da. Ooh. is there anything you'd like to say yes let me out it is it is on swole especially today and I'm wearing black and these these are a little tight but uh if you want more baby bump content patreon.com slash situation room for those of you who are listening just imagine uh that I'm eight months pregnant because I am um and uh thank you everybody well let's let's do let's get to you know what um in fact there's not very many ten ten dollar patrons so baby that could be you if you get a, if you're a ten dollar patron you get a shout out um on the song. Here we go. Cool. thank you so much to the Twitch subs, because that's all I've got. Punch-Up Dragon, Swirly Coney, Progressive Carpenter, Empire Six, Smatty's Matt Matt, and Blitz Those. Guys, in the bonus, I want to talk about this Illinois purge law. We're going to talk a little bit about it and why it is a first step in police reform. Super important. If you live there, if you just care about the issue, um, join me over there real, real soon. And next week, we're going to be talking even more about Georgia voting in advent of the midterms. And uh, once again, thanks to everyone who works on this show, to Paige Omek, to Maximilian Inhoff, to Alexandra Orness, and to uh, Andy Vasoyan. We stream every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on YouTube and Twitch. Follow the show uh, at Bituation Pod on Twitter, at Franny Fio on TikTok and YouTube. And remember, y'all, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it, be about it.